Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Joey here, and today I'm chatting with Matt and Fee Keeble. Matt and Fee run a gym called Real Body Movement, which is in Queensland, Australia, in a smallish town named Gympie. Their gym combines bodyweight strength, kettlebells, and animal flow into a collection of group classes, small group personal training, and private coaching. Now, I've known these guys for ages. I had the pleasure of having them attend one of my retreats in Bali some years ago, and they've also been regular visitors to our gym here in Jungle Botany. They even attended our coaches intensive with three of their coaches just last year. It's been really cool to watch their space evolve over the years. I've seen them go from their first gym into a new space, which is purpose-built and a, and a tribe of humans, which is flourishing. Now, building a unique gym like that, one that goes against the grain of the mainstream fitness industry, is no easy task. And that is obviously something we are familiar with ourselves. So today, with them on the show, we dive into what that journey has been like for Matt and Fee. Now, a side note, the town that they're from, Gympie, was one of the many towns here on the East Coast that was really badly affected by the recent floods. Their gym and their home fared well, thankfully. However, many of their members and friends' homes and businesses didn't. Uh, so our heart goes out to all the individuals who have been affected there. Jungle brother Tiora, who you might have heard on the show some time ago, but has been pretty quiet of late, he was also pretty badly affected by the floods. His gym was engulfed by water and his local community has been pretty devastated with many homes, schools and roads basically being destroyed. So no doubt he's going to have some huge stories to tell once we're able to get him back on the show. But once again, our heart goes out to everyone who has been affected by this pretty worrying event. If you want to help, there are ways that you can do so. So aside from heading out to the affected areas and volunteering your time, which many people are doing and it's beautiful to see, there are ways that you can help support the affected communities. The New South Wales SES, that's the State Emergency Service, the Queensland SES, Vinnie's and Red Cross are all accepting donations. There are other organisations also doing the same. However, you can find links to those organisations in the show notes on this episode. It's really easy just to click on it to place a one-off or recurring donation, whatever suits you. Uh, and that goes directly to people who need it. And it, it provides clothing and food and bedding and basic essential services. Please enjoy today's chat with Matt and Fee. See you on the inside. Speaking of which, we're in the chat. Um, but yeah, on this, I do, like this desk is like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, right. And you also don't have to, something else I discovered recently, the sound files out there will laugh at me. You can plug your computer into it and then you can run, you can record on your computer through this or, and it took me about two years to realize, you can just put an SD card in this mm. and then I just hit record and it's just all straight onto the card. Ah. which is super slick and then whenever you know so whatever when you want to transfer onto your computer and shit then you plug it in i think you were showing that when uh, yeah, you were showing this yeah, yeah to hook it, your computer straight up totally not like our setup oh well you gotta start somewhere Dinosaur. man you should have seen our first one it's still lying around here somewhere <laughs> collecting dust you ran into shona at the cafe yeah yeah the coffee room where, yeah. where was that in Coogee. okay yeah Coogee. Yeah, <laughs> Did you know her prior? Like you obviously knew her before you had uh, her on the show? Uh, no, purely our eldest daughter, Kenz, is just obsessed by her. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Her. She's like, Mom, have you seen Shona's latest post? <laughs> no, I'll check it out. <laughs> so I purely got a photo just to rub it into Kenz. <laughs> How good. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Matt and Fee, good to have you guys with us. Thank you. Um, you're down here in Sydney. You're doing some business stuff. We caught up on Friday night. Yep. What are you What What are you doing in town? Tell yeah. me what brought you down here. Three day conference. So uh, yeah, for fitness industry, so fitness businesses. Basically, uh, we used to do it every quarter with our business coach, and it went online for a good couple of years. So two and a half years later, we're back, and uh, yeah, just all education. So everything from finance right through to PR. PR. <coughs> yeah. This have you had uh, business coaching like that since you opened your gym? So like from the start? Yeah. yeah before. Wow. Before. <coughs> How about that? Yeah. yeah. That pretty well pushed us into opening the gym. Okay. Yeah, we kind of had this idea and then Dan, I guess, helped us bring it to fruition, which was cool. Yeah. What was your business before? Like, so uh, what was the business before it was a gym? Right. I was a PT. So I used to, uh, now don't hold this against me, but I did used to manage a 24-7 gym. <laughs> it's all right. I got it right. my start in one of those. Uh, I know. Just outside of Toowoomba. And uh, to be honest, it was a nice small club anyway. So it had a bit of a community feel anyway. So... Um, a bit of that. A bit more directional. All right. Nice. I'll try not to throw my head around. <laughs> and uh, He's very um, <laughs> expressive. It's very hard to hold my head still. Fortunately, you guys listening can't see it. No. It'd be great like a bobblehead thing. But yeah, so uh, I that's where I started and um, that's where I got my qualification and got into the fitness industry. And from there, we moved back to Gympie and I was pretty well just a hobbyist. Like, you know, 12 clients, 50 grand a year. It was great. No. And uh, yeah, and then from there... Matt was still working in the coal mining industry, but uh, it was probably his journey that actually, like, I guess, pushed us into going down this track. Yeah. Matt's journey that pushed you into going down that track? Mm. How's that? Um, got a back injury. Yeah. Doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was already there. You're a bull rider. Yeah. Bull rider? Yeah, yeah. And you hurt your back doing jits. <laughs> Well, yeah, I probably heard it doing bull riding and, and jits. Uh, it was the straw. It was the straw. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And then uh, pretty well coming back from that, like getting back to just normal everyday life, work, training, that was pr- pretty well what opened it up because I had to go do a course to uh, learn how to, how to move properly again, basically. Yep. Well, we both went. Uh, there was a rehab trainer course with a physio in Brisbane and I went for PD and Matt came along for two days just to purely see if it could help him stand up straighter, move a bit better. I walked out of there, I reckon, two inches taller. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and, yeah, right. And pretty well from that Saturday after the first day, there's had to be hundreds of people out there who have the same sort of or similar situation and just don't know. How to, how to help themselves. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I remember he walked out and he just went, all right, I get it now. Like, because I kept saying to him, you need to do your cert in fitness because you need an exit strategy out of the industry you work in. And he walked out and he just went, okay, I get it now. He said, I need that exit strategy, but we need to share this with other people because there's a lot of people out there who think that the double fusion on their spine is the answer, whereas it's not. Uh, he didn't need to have it. And he has four of the five spondies. If anyone out there listening knows what that means, that you can have five possible spine conditions. 
and he has four of them. So for him to then discover that, he didn't need to have that double fusion. It was purely a form of mobility and rehab training, activations. Uh, we had to share that with other people. Wow. Mm. And so that was the – it was at that point that you decided, all right, we're going to open a gym. That's how we're going to share it. Pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. doctors and the surgeons all said I couldn't work at the coal mine anymore. Uh, well, I could, but, like, find something else quick because uh, of sitting down in machinery and all that. What did you do in the coal mines? Uh, just just operating, just so just driving machinery. Yeah. Bulldozers, trucks, excavators, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the bouncing up and down on the seat – they said that's just going to make it worse. Huh. So had to. Had oh, because the seats all have that <laughs> suspension, don't they? Yeah, or no suspension. Right. Yeah. Um, Which either way, it's bad for you. Bad yeah, for your back. Not so good. And it's like twelve hours sitting in a chair. Holy shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, had to had to find an exit strategy, and like I'm not qualified in nothing else. <laughs> really? <laughs> Fitness. This seems easy. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was like, oh well, uh, you know, maybe I'll do it part time and get a job at Bunnings or something. That was the initial. Mm. I never thought I'd do it full time. Yeah, right. That was never on the cards. I was like, oh, this will be just tie, tie things over for a while, pay some bills. But you had, he had trained in gyms for years and all different methods of training. So right. it wasn't like, I guess, he was going into it completely new. Yeah, I had an interest in it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What, what, was your, like, what was your kind of style of training at that time? Uh, Metcons. Yeah, right. Yeah. Kettlebells, a uh, bit crossfitty. Yep. Um, Getting no after real, it. Yeah, no real structure, something different every day. Yep. Yeah. Nice. We'd gone through a phase of a bit of that bodybuilding style training, you know. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. That's Not very multi-planar, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it gets you in there, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. What was, um, what about you? Was Yeah, what was your sort of stays at that time? Yeah, yeah, pretty well. So as I started and it was... Just all the basics, push pull, very much uh, hyper like hypertrophy style training. Yeah. But uh, I had then gone down the track by this stage of doing like a mobility training course, and I'd done my beginner and advanced kettlebells. I don't know if I'd done battling ropes by then, but I'd sort of gone down that path. So Matt was kind of my guinea pig anyway. In that I'd come out of a course, and I'd be like, hey, dude. <laughs> Let me teach you this. <laughs> You're going to do a whole workout great. on battle ropes. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, Let me teach you a clean and jerk with a kettlebell. So <laughs> it was great, yeah. Um, so where were you living at that time? We, yeah, we'd moved back to Gympie. Yeah. Back to Gympie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, describe Gympie to me, uh, you know, for people who are listening. It's, it's in, is it northern Queensland? No. No, no it's just, uh, uh, it's Queensland. Still, still probably right on the edge of southeast Queensland. Okay. But on the northern side of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and what's it like? How many people live there? Is it, you know, fair to call it a country town? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's the home of the Gimpy Muster, the country music muster, Joey. The Gimpy Muster? Right. Have you not heard of this? I haven't. Sorry, I'm a Tamworth <laughs> country music kind of oh, guy myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, you know. You know, funny, actually, I had a kind of off topic, but also on. I had an exchange over the weekend on Instagram. Uh, someone commented on a thing and then I, I felt the need to correct them and you know and it could have gone badly but the guy that I was having this back and forth with was a Brazilian country music singer who lives in America oh whoa yeah and I just like I, I clicked Damn. on his account and then I'm like I'm like oh well, the guy's Brazilian because he you know the response was it was it was about a Brazilian American thing 
But then, but then, yeah, I looked at his account and he's like this country music kind of star. Yeah. In in America. Yeah. I was like, fucking awesome. Yeah. But so country cool. music, to your point, I don't know much about it, but I know it's a big thing. It's it a big is. thing. Like yeah, yeah internationally and, and obviously in the country, right. it's, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Gympie is the home of that. Got the so master. Once a year, it becomes a very popular place. Hasn't done for a few years. Yeah. But it would. I guess the region would have around thirty thousand people, and when I talk about the region, that moves all the way out to Rainbow Beach. For anyone who knows Rainbow Beach, and not quite down to Noosa. So Noosa is a different region again. But we're about forty-five minutes north of Noosa. So Noosa's south of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to put it on the map, but pretty well uh, country town, and yeah. There's still obviously some city folk that have moved there from Melbourne and Sydney. So we're getting new people coming up all the time for a tree change. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm mm. sure a lot of them are regretting it right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. After the floods, I hope they I hope they bought a house on a hill. That would be ideal. Is yeah. there um, – yeah, has it has it always had a bit of that or has that been more of – since like in the last couple of years with COVID, yeah, we've had more city slickers moving yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, last couple of years it's – Jumped heaps. Yeah. yeah. It's, and traditionally it's always been a bit cheaper in real estate. So, right. That's a pretty big, pretty big core card. Yeah. Yeah. It's a home of, I guess, a few FIFO workers. Yeah. Because they can travel down to Brisbane, fly out, fly home. Yeah. Are they always mining, people in mining industry doing the fly in, fly out? Or is that other industries as well? Mm, mining. Mostly mining. Yeah. Mining yeah. or gas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Like fascinating. Mining's another one of those things that's like this whole universe. Yeah, and it's a different if world. you live in certain towns, it's just like what you what you go into out of school and stuff, isn't it? But yep. Yep. again, here, like in Sydney, I don't really know anyone that, that does it. Yeah, see, I find that bizarre. Yeah. Like I think still these days, 80% of my friends are all somehow connected to mining. Wow, yeah. Mm. Be about yeah. right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, who was I? I was chatting the other day with um, uh, Aaron, Lucas Aaron, Range of Strength. Mm-hmm. He was on the podcast and we we're chatting about uh, he's from Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, Eastern uh, Canada. Canada. Yep. And he was, you know, he referred to the mining thing. Yep. Like he referred to like, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. Maybe go mine, you know. And I was like, oh, tell me about that. And they have the same thing there in Nova Scotia where yep. it's like you get out of school, you want to make some money, you go do oil, you go work on a rig. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over here, if you're in the mining industry and you want a tree change, you go to Canada. Yeah, right. Or Africa. Where you can ply your trade. Yeah, you, or, can, you can go mining. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mining diff- – like, so mining coal, mining oil, obviously one's land-based. Or oil can be both kind of, but often oil's on, on the ocean. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Are there trades that cross over or are you talking like different skill sets there? Uh, well, like trades like welding, that sort of stuff would cross over. Yeah. But like what I was doing, it's pretty well you're either gold, copper, coal. That's about it. Silver. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, iron ore. Fascinating, yeah. man. That's why I asked. I was like, "Oh, the machinery." You're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck, Bob, Bobcats <laughs> trucks, whatever." Like, it's just like, yeah, it's it's work gear. Yeah. Oh, look, Dad worked at a coal mine, so I was born in a coal mining town, yep. central Queensland. So it's just the norm. Do you think back to uh, that scene in Zoolander, where he goes back to join his? I've never seen Zoolander, dude. You never seen Zoolander? <laughs> no. Have you not seen a fee? No. Fucking hell. We need right. to. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, man. Okay. For, just for the this. one scene okay. where he goes back to, to see his, his father and his brothers who are all coal miners. Oh, yeah. Right. It's fucking – he's like, I want to get back in touch with, like, the real shit. So he's like, I'm going to go home and 
you know, he's had enough of the model life. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. goes back to the mining town. It's got Ben Stiller in it, huh? It's got Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah. Fucking amazing film. But just that scene, yeah. We'll watch it. Yeah, hopefully. Hope, you know, hopefully you find it funny. Nice. And not offensive. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. Uh, Gimpy actually did have a gold mine as well. So it was, uh, um, yeah, it was underground, underground gold mine. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I guess that's where Matt started in the mining industry. He was meat working before that and then gold mining. So Gimpy is a gold mining town. There's shafts that weren't capped that fell in during the uh flood oh wow but uh yeah so that's down the main street holy yeah. shit really yeah it's like swiss cheese under that tent <laughs> yeah one of our clients she sent a photo and she's just like look what i found in my car park it was a gold mine there's like a shaft that had just, just like a hole that goes down yeah, yeah lucky she didn't wow. park her car on it mm. tell me um tell me about your gym tell me about like like what you got going on now so that we can give folks a bit of an overview of like where it's come from and where it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to start where it actually started? I uh, guess, well, tell me where what it is now. Tell me where it is now. Of course, yeah. So we're uh, 215 members, reciprocal members, and uh, we run small group PT, semi-private training, up to five in a group. So they have a custom program. It's probably more the rehab focus, strength and conditioning focus sessions. And then we also run group training, so classes as well and they're pretty diverse they're everything from some metabolic conditioning right through to kettlebell flow which does incorporate a tiny bit of animal flow in there because they're a nice combo yep we do uh body weight training so body weight strength and gymnastic strength as well so we've got a gymnastics coach now and handstand class and animal flow wow yeah yeah okay so it's pretty diverse. So what do you got, like f six different classes going on there? Plus the small group PT stuff? Yep, yep. pretty well. And the yeah. small group PT stuff is all custom programs for yep. each person? Yep. It is. Right yep. on. And you you guys run those or you have coaches that do them as well? We have coaches. Yeah, we right do. on. Yep. Yeah. How many How many on staff? Like how many How many coaches do you have working out of there? If you count our latest trainee, I think there's 10 of us. If you count us as yep. well. Yeah, there's 10. Awesome. Mm. Wow, it pink. sounds like a monster. Three trainees. Oh yeah, that includes yeah. three. I just three. includes our latest trainee. Yeah, he's like our adopted trainee. Okay. He just had a rotten, I guess, experience in the fitness industry. Oh and yeah, you know, young like, fella. Yeah, young fella, and he just needs to get his traineeship done. So we've taken him under our wing. Which Good is on cool. you guys. Yeah. So. Uh, the real body movement. That's the name of the gym. Mm. If you're listening. Check that out on Instagram right now. Um, tell me, take me then back to what, like how you started it and mm -hmm. what it was in the beginning. Yeah, there's some funny memories. Uh, I'm not sure if I actually mentioned this the other night when we caught up, but I think I've spoken to someone over the weekend about it. I actually remember having a class with one person show up because we predominantly didn't open with classes. So we opened and I transitioned most of my one-on-one -on -one clients over to semi-private PT. So the small group PT sessions and uh, our timetable was basically built on that. And then the classes were thrown in around that because I couldn't really get my PT clients to go for a walk or go do anything with any other intensity outside of PT. So the classes got introduced purely to get their heart rate up in between their PT sessions. And um, yes, yeah, so there were times where I would have one person booked in for a class and I would phone my sister and my niece, like phone a crowd. I'd be like, hey guys, I've got one person booked in. You really need to come <laughs> train in this class <laughs> so I don't look like a total loser. 
And uh, yeah, they would come in and I'd have three people in a class, two being family, one being a new member. And it kind of evolved from that. So I guess our training methods, the original weirdness about what we did in the beginning was people just weren't used to like a 15 minutes of movement preparation before they started. It was like, what? There's not just like a quick two minute warm up and we get into it. And so we have this huge focus on movement preparation. And so it's a good 15 minutes of movement prep before they get into the actual working sets. Yeah. That was really foreign. So just to start even um, to get people to evolve and change the way they look at the, how they train and how they prepare for movement, that was one big initial hurdle that we had to educate people on. So where, where were most of the people like at that time where were most of them coming from? Were they like training in 24-hour gyms? Yeah. Were they doing boot camp stuff? 24-hour gyms. Right. Yeah. Or not training at all, doing their own thing at home. Yeah. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah. 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 I guess because when we moved to town, I actually did go and work at, I won't name the gym, but the 24-7 gym in town because I had worked in their franchise before. So um, – I went to them when we moved to Gympie because it's what I knew. I knew their systems and everything else. So I guess I had a couple of clients from there. They kept their 24-7 membership and would just come and do PT with us. Right. So that's kind of how it started. And Everyone keeps their 24-7 membership because they're so cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. They keep it for all and then they're like six months. Like I found that that's happened here a lot. Yeah. And then once they've been here for six months, they're like, nah, I'm, I don't I'll really cancel need this. now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I held on to mine for ages. Because <laughs> yeah, I was still travelling. Yeah. It's handy. That makes sense. Yeah. You're using it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Matt was still working away at that time. Yeah. So he was still going through the whole light duties at work and um there was this weird transition where he would come home on the weekends and he would be on days off and so he'd be doing dad duties, you know, picking the kids up from school and I remember this one day. He, uh, he walked through the gym with one of the kids and I'm trying to run a PT and he's having a full on like little Barney with them, like a little argument with them as they're walking through the gym floor and I was just like boiling and I've walked out the back and just ripped one through them. Don't ever do that in my sessions again. Like don't bring that into, right, the, into the gym. Right, yeah, It was I, so funny. I had no idea. So funny because now he works in it all the time. He's just like, I can't believe I actually did that. <laughs> but he was just on days off, right? And just in dad mode. Yeah. So it was just uh, picking the kids up, coming to hang out in the gym for the afternoon. And yeah. So at that time, Fee, had you pretty much set the gym up solo? Like were you, was that kind of your project while he was away? Uh, no. So the whole foundations we did together. So we like wrote our values together and every, like we did all of that right down to even like the business name has a lot of meaning behind it, the logo everything it's all come from those values so we did all that together with the thought that it would still you know had to align with both of us and where we we're headed and where we'd come from so yeah we did do that together so that was it was still very much involved just obviously not coaching so much um until i had my knee surgery and then he was thrown in the deep end so it was basically i know you're still in the middle of studying cert three but you have to run my sessions Right. Just <laughs> as in me doped out on endone on the gym floor with my leg up. Supervising. Supervising <laughs> while he's running the sessions because I had no other way. You can't shut your doors for a week or two. What did you have done so, to the knee? 
Well, I, I actually went in for a little uh, arthroscope that was supposed to be a clean-up of the knee and they took out my lateral meniscus. Ooh. So, yeah, it was a, a lot longer rehab than I had planned. But, uh, yeah, found, three physios later I found out the lateral meniscus is not the one you want removed. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. It's great when you <laughs> yeah, hear that, Yeah, the surgeon doesn't tell you that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, see you later. You'll be off crutches in two weeks, eight weeks later. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was crazy. So... That kind of threw Matt into it, really. That was... I just started burning long service and annual leave then. Yeah, okay. And then by the time that run out, I, we were too busy. I couldn't go back to work. Wow. So, so what was that, like eight weeks? Nah, six months. Six months. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I okay. kept going. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, so yeah. I had six months holiday um, from, from the mine. And yeah, Basically, by the time that had rocked around, it was um, Fiona said, it's, we're too busy for you to go back to the mine. Wow, the gym was doing yeah, great. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was good. Incredible. Mm. What, you know, what does that look like? Like, what, what did you go from? Obviously, when you start, you said you had your sort of PT clients come across. Right. So, what's that? You got like 10, 10 people coming, coming over? I had 12 clients. 12 yeah. clients. Yeah. And it did grow pretty quickly. Um, I can't remember exactly how the numbers grew. Um, but slips my memory but yeah over that time obviously we started adding more classes people wanted a class membership they wanted to just access classes yeah which was really foreign to me because i'm like why you don't want to do strength and conditioning so but some the the pt sort of the half pt stuff some people just like to come in hang out with other people and do a workout that gets a heart rate up and we had a boxing class oh yes we did yeah I, I will never run boxing again. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Oh, look, I, I just think the risk versus reward um, when it's people just want it for fitness. So it's probably different to you guys where you're doing it actually for, you know, for the fight side of things. Whereas uh, some people just come in and they just want to sweat and mm. bash people up. Bash pads. Yeah. It's just true. not my favorite class. So as much and as. And it doesn't like, yeah, when you see boxing used in that conventional sort of fitness sense. It's gross. It is, and it just it doesn't give way to people improving how they move no, or no. like their mobility. It just yeah, it's no, no, just no. like hunched back, round shoulders, yeah. getting right. after it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that uh. But people always ask you for it. I know. I remember as a PT, people always be like, "Oh, can we do some boxing?" And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. "Fucking hate boxing." Yeah. yeah, it's like saying you're going to the fights, and really you're just going to the pub on a Friday night and watching the people fight there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty well, yeah, yeah, pretty well. I have one client at the moment, and she is one on one. And she comes in and boxes with me, but she can actually box. So I will still do boxing, but it's one-on-one only. And uh, and it's just a much more controlled environment. And they actually get a good workout and I can keep them safer. So Makes sense. Yeah. So it did evolve. We got rid of the boxing and COVID was kind of the best thing for that. Sorry, guys, you can't stand within a metre of each other. We're going to have to can the boxing Boxing's class. out. <laughs> Unless but, you um, have X centimetre reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so that's an interesting piece actually relevant to your timeline. So when did you open the gym? What year? 2017, October, 2017. 2017. All right. So right Four now. Four and a half years. Yeah. Right. And so by the time COVID kicked off, you guys had had the gym for what? Two years, two and a bit years. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half years. We hit our record month in March, 2020. Yeah. Right. I think we did too. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then COVID just knocked it all back it a couple it. of years on the timeline, it didn't it? Yeah, Damn. exactly. So, um, yeah. So that, 
that evolved. But in amongst all that time, like even before pre-COVID, like we did our animal flow level one. So we were just chasing anything that would help Matt with his back, I yep. guess. And uh, my dad has frontal temporal dementia. So um, loss of speech, motor skills. And uh, he's like, he's pretty well a vegetable now. But um, that whole crossing of the body, you know, your left and right side of the body with animal flow was really appealing to me. Cause I always think while I'm counting people's sets and reps and while I'm moving my body in that contralateral type movement, that's gonna prevent the onset of dementia. So for me, that was a real personal connection to doing right. it. Yeah. And I know for Matt, he was like, look, anything mobility and flexibility related, it's gonna loosen me up for my back is beneficial. And so we did go and do that. I, I feel like that was like the end of 2018 or something like that. We've been doing it for a few years now. Hmm. 20, end of 2018, yeah. Okay, so, so a couple years in, um, got the boxing classes it, you, it's like like you've identified you started with very little which i think is characteristic of any gym right. that opens yeah and it's always a it's always a uh, i mean fuck you had one person in your class right. i remember classes where we had no one show up yeah yeah and you just yeah and you're just like oh go to the cafe and hang out yeah you know yeah. it's it's you know but it, it is all it's very deflating as right. a gym owner isn't it yeah because you're like fuck man i'm here trying to do the thing yeah i got an awesome program ready to go and there's no one here that wants to, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But it, you know, it's it's a part of the process as your as your member base grows. How many how many members were you at? Do you remember roughly by the time that you finished that six month stint where Matt was covering you while you had the the knee recovery? Yeah, I feel like we were probably creeping up towards a hundred member. We were over. We're over hundred. Yeah, yeah. When you came on board. Yep. There you go. Amazing. Because yeah. I remember we hit 100 and it's like, holy shit. We hit 100. Yeah, it's 100. <laughs> and you think your life's going to change at that point, don't you? Right. Like every time prior to 100, you're like, man, when we hit 100 members, forget about it. And then when you get to 100, you're like, no, nah, it's all about 150. We just got to hit right, that 150. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then we're like, 200. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Can I, ask, um, can I ask how much you charge or give me a price range? From then to now or now? No, now. now. And I only, yeah. you can give me a range if you don't want to say exactly, but if you happen to... No, look, our, un, uh, our unlimited classes is 49 a week. Okay, so 50 bucks. Right. Yeah. But we do have some people who do three semi-private PT and unlimited classes in a week, and they pay us about, uh, I think it's 119. Okay, so over 100 bucks. Yeah. The reason I ask that is because that what, I'm, what I'm really interested in with what you guys have done is... You've taken something that is not dis, not hugely dissimilar to what we do here at Jungle Brothers or Jungle Ballina, and you know you've applied multiple dis disciplines that you're interested in, and then you've taken it to a town where I'm guessing in Gympie there's not a lot of gyms like yours. You know, maybe there is now. Maybe the, you know, there's a stu okay, there's nothing, right? Nothing. So you've taken it to a country town, and and it's also a premium product in a in a space like in fitness where gyms where you can have that 24-hour membership and they're like fucking $7.50 a week. Or, you know, they're, they're yeah. low enough that you would just keep it forever. Yeah. And, you know, we yeah. don't, but other, m many other people do. Um, but you've gone, no, here's something. It's, it's more expensive yeah. and it's, it's obviously a completely different product. I think that's really fascinating because there's people in Sydney or in, you know, major centres around that struggle to do that. Yeah, yeah right. You know, and, and, and would probably lack the... 
the confidence to go, yeah, I'm going to open a gym that combines all the things I'm interested in and I'm going to charge this premium rate. And, yeah. you know, that's very daunting. So I think for you guys having done that in country towns, it's very mm. fascinating. And the, it's actually really quite hard to not also just sell yourself to the devil and, you know, people asking for, can we just have a hit session or can you just run a Tabata class and so on. Bring it's, back the boxing. Right, bring back the boxing. The it's booty really class. Booty class. Booty yeah. class. I love that. Maybe we could do an abs class. Yeah. Right. Abs class, abs. yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, like Gimpy does actually have an F45, so I guess um, from – you know, outside of the I should have told you before the show, we're not allowed to say that word on the show. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) They actually opened up about the same time. They opened around the same time, but the thing was that um, within our town then, people were used to either like quick, fast warm-ups, right? Uh, So this whole 15-minute movement prep is weird. And uh, also people just assume you squat or squat to high pull a kettlebell and that's about it. Or you do this real weird squatty swing with a kettlebell and so out like i think even outside of the movement prep being weird before we even introduced animal flow the kettlebell flow was like our most um passionate class that i love like i love moving freely with a kettlebell it's actually quite um i joke and say it's meditative but it actually is because it floats through your hand beautifully when you can do it well but it's our class that is probably the most confusing and frustrating for people in the beginning. And they'll either quit and drop it or they'll persist and love it. Right. So I always say like, I can't, I think it's a bit of a Kerwin Ray saying like, um, confusion is a state before something, you know, good is about to happen. Like a change is about to happen. Right. Persist through that. And frustration is that stage before something really awesome is about to happen. But you just have to keep persisting. Yeah. So it was our class that we were never, ever going to get rid of. Like I was just like, you will learn to love kettlebells because <laughs> I love them, you will love them. And I think if you have enough passion for something, then that will start to shine through anyway. You just got to share with them how much, how good it feels when you actually do get it. And you can see the penny drop with people when they get it. Well, that's Great. an yeah, that's an interesting comparison there with, say, something like F45 and maybe for, for people listening who are not as – who don't understand the ins and outs of what they're peddling versus what you guys are peddling. But mm. when you have like a cookie-cutter type franchise approach like F45 where the workout's 45 minutes and yeah. it's all delivered through a TV screen and they intentionally choose movements that don't really have much requirement for skill. No. Right. So that anyone can come in and get a workout. Yeah. The trade-off is though that there's nothing to master. No. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's boring. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's effective if you want to exercise mindlessly and you're right. not looking to develop any kind of coordination or, you know, ongoing sort of physical development. Yeah. Uh, you just do more reps or you do it faster, right? And there's a lot of that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. all there is. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I remember I did a class at F45 once and I, you know, the, I've told this story before, but... It was when they first opened around Sydney and I there was one in Surrey Hills. I thought, I'll go do a class. I'll go check it out. So I did it and it was a busy class. The guy that owned it, he was a fit dude, nice guy. And he's like, man, what are you doing here? Like, Because he could see that I trained a bunch. And you know, and I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm a local PT. I've actually got, you know, I, got a, I don't know if I told him I had this gym. But I was like, I'm, I'm a local PT. I sort of do my own thing. But I just wanted to come and see what it's all about. He basically followed me around the whole workout just to hang out. Because... <laughs> 
all of the members in there were like not like they weren't his people there was no community aspect to it yeah he didn't actually get to hang out with anyone that was training hard yeah in a sense yep. so he saw something in me like oh i can talk to this dude and uh, i remember was doing we're doing this warm-up drill i'm holding up no it was one of the stations workouts exercise stations i'm holding a five kilo plate overhead and then i'm jumping on the spot like just like left foot forward right foot forward just jumping like that for 45 seconds or a minute or whatever and he said to me as i was doing that he said oh, all of the movements we put in the programs here um they're really easy to do and we do that so that we don't have to spend any time explaining to people how to do them awesome. that's how we can get it all in in 45 minutes and i'm like but well, i appreciate you being up front you know yeah but you know cut to what you're saying about this kettlebell class it sounds like almost like a weightlifting session right where it's like hey if you want to get better at this you've got to come and do it on a on a recurring basis yeah and you're going to suck at it for a long time yep but the trade-off is is that you're going to master or start to master this skill and that's very satisfying absolutely so in contrast you're kind of giving people a pathway aren't you yeah absolutely with with your you know kettlebell flow and that sort of thing definitely yeah it it flips around to being nearly the most popular class in the gym wow yeah it is by far yeah by miles yeah right and we have had to part ways with people who have openly said uh look i don't i don't really want to have to take my shoes off like this whole barefoot thing's weird and uh you yeah. know i just don't want to think i just want to go in and Bash cop, it out. you know copy what's, whatever the workout is for the day and i don't want to have to think and like this that's cool but we're not the gym for you yeah so. And that's okay. You've got to be okay with saying that. That took a little while to learn to the be okay with thing. that. Yeah, people people freak on that a little bit. Holy smokes. They either love it or hate it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah. I'm guessing country town, it's probably not – people aren't barefoot a lot, are they? No. Nah. Because Unless, you're, either, you're on the land, so you're wearing boots? Yeah, a lot of boots. Yeah. A lot of boots, but um, – Creepy crawlies everywhere, ants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and whenever – I don't know, people still get hung up on their latest pair of – whatever they're wearing yeah right they want to rock them in the gym they want to rock them in the gym yeah are people allowed to wear those or is it do you like no shoes off at the door there's there's some classes we actually say are their feet yeah like yeah there's a couple of classes where i'll let it slide a little bit but hmm, i'd prefer they take them off (laughs) hence why we sell the vivos now and i know i reached out to you on the pros and cons of that yeah but uh i i just think it it opens that doorway for okay you don't you really want to wear shoes then let's book in a fitting wear these let's ones get you hooked up with these that's exactly yeah. why we did it yeah it's like it's hard to tell people hey you gotta not wear your big fluffy adidas shoes right. but not be able to offer them an alternative yeah, that's right yeah so that was weird because if people wear no shoes at the shops in gimpy you it's you kind of get looked at sideways yeah right <laughs> yeah that's a bit of a running joke yeah. right we wear shoes better at the suited shops. to nimbin or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah we do wear shoes at the shop so i'll just clear that right up. Yeah. yeah just in the gym yeah. <laughs> so do we mostly yeah. <laughs> what's the um tell me about some of those like that is a for a gym that that's that is mostly barefoot it's a bit of a no-brainer but for you know maybe some folks listening who, who train at a conventional gym where you have to wear shoes mm. already talking about being in a gym barefoot might seem a little bit yeah different yeah talk to me about some of those uh, cultural things that you guys have that you have brought to the town like like so like that barefoot thing what other things do you do that people like fuck this is i've not (laughs) encountered this before uh i feel like um some of the movement prep you know like training through play 
Yep. Like some of the activities you can do to warm up. They're just like, what? This is in our workout. What is this? Uh, so that's always good. Breath and work. Breath work. Yeah. That's a big one. Where does the breath work take place? Is that as a cool down type thing or is that its own class? Mm. Warm up. Cool warm down. up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Normally warm up. Yep. Um, yeah. And that probably come about after we went to Bali. Mm. Yeah. Okay. After uh, you did the retreat. Yeah. We did try out a couple of uh, your warm-up moves on our tribe when we came back from Bali and we had to remove them for a little while until we evolved our community a little bit more because we might have yeah. totally tripped them out. Which ones did you do? You like know the, the Matrix. You know the one where you walk where you around eyeball. the room and you've got to eyeball each other? <laughs> yeah. Right. That, oh, shit. That Come in, spinner. <laughs> freaked them out. The did first time we did that, at the end of it, they just went, we're never doing that again. <laughs> no more. Like We've done it since with our new, newer evolved tribe and – they're pretty good. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. some. So that's a for for people <laughs> listening. That's like a that's a game. Um, I learned that at an Edo Portal workshop. Maybe it was at a movement camp. I don't know, but it's one of those things that when you have the time to explain the context, but you also have the space, and the space is usually a workshop. Yeah, where or or a retreat where everyone's there. Everyone's very open minded. There's no rush. And you can be like, hey, guys, we're going to do this thing. It's a unique experience. And when everyone buys into it, it's awesome, right? right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And, and I remember experiencing it like you did in Bali with me. And then you go back to your gym. And I brought it back to Jungle Brothers. And you're like, hey, guys, we've got five minutes in this warm-up. Let's do this thing. And people are like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then you realize, fuck, I don't have all of – got the people – and I know the rules of the game, but I don't have the other elements that it no, takes to. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they weren't quite ready for that. <laughs> Silent Archer. That's what it's called. Silent Archer. Silent or Zen Archer. Archer. Yeah, I think something right. like that. Something I like could that. see how it's called that. Yeah. <laughs> we just we nicknamed it the Matrix. I like that. That works. The Matrix. Animal yeah. Flow is probably the other big weird one. Yeah. It comes well, to town. Yeah. 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 Ground, absolutely. Ground-based training. People. Yeah. Yeah. Just being uncomfortable of being on the ground on their hands. That's a really – and also they, they do have to go barefoot for that. Right. So, yeah, that can make them feel quite uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, actually I think you guys have a, a PT here that does uh, – is it Nikki that yep. does Animal Flow? Yeah, she's right into it. She has it. a real – I love her Instagram in that she shows the regressions for people who can't even get on the floor. So she actually does a really good job of teaching the all different levels of it yep. um, on her socials which is great but it's encouraging people that they can start at a like at a base level and they don't have to be doing the fancy stuff you know they can just go through the basic movements and uh, my mom is 76 and she does like a beast crawl at least and um, she has a go at some of the movements but we started with her against a wall so and she has a prosthetic hip she has knees that don't bend so great she's very kyphotic but she is um, willing to have a go that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and look, one of the biggest reasons um, I love about that for someone elderly is when we moved back to town in Gympie. I grew up in Gympie and then we moved away to Toowoomba for 12 years. Where's Toowoomba in relation to Gympie? About three hours, three hours. west. Okay. Right inland. Mm. Yeah. Or, yeah, the start of the inland. 
Yeah. So when we <laughs> move back, yeah. You're like, nah, it's still coastal. I'm like, no, that sounds like Central <laughs> Australia to me. It's actually, <laughs> I think it's just day trips to the beach from there. It was like a six hour drive, <laughs> three hours each way. Yeah, it was epic. But uh, when we moved back, one of the things that blew me away was my mum actually couldn't get down, up off the floor. Like right. when she got down on the floor, she couldn't get back up again. And she was caring for my dad at home at the time. I was just like, whoa, hang on a minute. You can't even get up off the floor. Like what is going on? So yeah, super proud of her now. She doesn't actually flow animal flow, but she can get on the floor and do some ground-based movement and get back up again. That's cool. So, which is great, absolutely. Yeah, that's so valuable for, for folks Yeah, in that yeah. age range, huh? Where it's, where it's like the floor starts to become a real concern. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. So like Turkish get-ups are huge in our gym. It's one of the first things we actually teach people purely uh, to get them up off the floor. It's one yeah. of the ways we can get them up and down. So that is one of the other foreign ones that can frighten people a little bit. But once you explain the importance and benefits of it, they... Eventually like it. People either love it, the Turkish get-up, or absolutely hate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem to be much in between. Talk to me about um, how you go about – because uh, people can see what you do. They see the Instagram. Maybe they, you know, they, they, they get an idea of what goes on, but they don't really know until they're in the gym experiencing it, which I think is often very much the case. What do you do to, in order to educate the people as they come to your gym? So, if, like, you know, I'm thinking of, like, whether it's conversational or it's blogging or it's content that you push out there, how do you go about giving people a bit of a framework to understand what the gym's all about? Yeah, I think our organic social media is pretty important. So we try and portray exactly what we're about from community right through to movement uh, from an organic social media post perspective right so, so just not paid but putting stuff out absolutely. through instagram yeah. facebook yeah because people will actually uh follow you for up to anywhere from six to 18 months before they actually join right so they will re and they'll admit that they'll be like i've been watching you for nearly a year and i'm finally walking in the door so uh but we we don't normally sign anyone up unless they've had a consult so we actually talk to them about the importance of moving better and we assess how much they value movement and improving movement. Because if they're all about just kicking their own backsides, then they're not for us anyway. So we work out, are we the right fit for you? And then from there, it is big on education. So we, we pretty well from that point of the consult, don't we, Matt? Like we encourage them as to which classes are going to suit them best. And we guide them along the way in the first few weeks. Lots of conversation. Right. Lots yeah, of conversations. Lots. Our warm-ups are really that chance to explain to them why they do something as well. So it's rather than just dishing out a workout, it's like, okay, guys, you're going to be doing this because it will get you to this. And, um, yeah, so lots of conversation. And we do a lot of social events as well. And uh, our community, just probably like you guys, our community is huge. And so I think that builds that trust as well that we've got them on the right path so and i think people are becoming more aware generally that uh going to the gym's not just about getting a pump on and sweating yeah i think they're across the board anyway i, I reckon that they're getting more educated into how to move better and how it helps you as you get older i think i agree 
the only the only the only um counter to that in, in my mind is i feel like when you've had your gym for a while and you've built a community around these values and everyone doing this kind of training that you just start to end up with more people in your gym who are of that thread yes yeah and it's it's and, and it's great because you all of that work you do in messaging through social media and um, whatever social events and stuff that you might do in the local community and your t-shirts and it starts to build this sort of organic machine that's just churning away yeah and it's delivering people to to your business that is like well suited for your business yeah likes attract likes yeah, yeah. Mm. but I, I still think if you went and dropped in at your local fitness first yeah and went to the weights floor yeah you could find yourself having some some really primitive conversations regarding footwear and you know compound movement and crawling like all this stuff that we're like yeah you know people are starting to get it Uh, yeah i I just i wonder if if that's global or if it's just in our spaces because that's all we see yeah yeah true you know yeah i I mean i I definitely think that that the that the masses are coming around to the importance of you know strength training Mm -hmm. and maybe not just sitting on machines and you know, I think everyone's everyone's getting better yeah. with their perceptions or their awareness. But um, yeah, I still think there's a huge mass of people out there that just have no fucking idea. Yeah. You yeah. know? A, a, a lot of people still come to the gym and are blown away that we don't have any pin load gear or treadmills or... Right. You can see them looking for it. Where's your yeah. machines? Where's your machines at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I know. all these people walking around, they're the machines. Oh, you got the premium membership <laughs> and you don't even got the machines? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Well, I yeah. can't I can't jump on the internet while I'm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a really nice conversation actually on the floor the other day and uh, it was with a guy who has been with us for I feel like maybe two months now. And uh, his background was he was quite competitive at CrossFit and um, and boxing and he was really quite good at it. Uh, super strong like like a tank absolute tank and i said to him like he asked about adding an extra pt to his week so he's going to do more pt still does the classes and i said like how are you finding it like how is your movement like how is your strength and he said it's really weird because i'm not lifting near what i used to lift but he said i actually feel stronger and i feel more mobile he's like i'm just loving it and i was just like (laughs) but it was a nice conversation because you always worry that I hope I'm still ticking that box that they're still pushing and getting those lifts and everything else as well as improving movement and I hope that balance is still there and it was nice to have that conversation and be reassured when they're asking for an extra session he's obviously enjoying it that's a great so. point yeah you don't want to you don't want your gym to be a place where they see it as like a, a rehab studio. Right. But then yeah. it's like, well, when I want to do the heavy shit, I've got to go elsewhere. Right. You want them, all of that to be able to take place there, don't you? Oh my gosh. Because I think we drive you nuts. Yeah, we did have that <laughs> uh, reputation for a while. At, right. At first, it was we were the expensive gym in town. And then it was we were the rehab gym in town. That's where you went if you were broken. Yeah. So we'd have people come in, um, you know, from a CrossFit gym or something and picked up an injury. No, like I just want to get this fixed so I can go back to CrossFit. Yeah, and used to drive me nuts. Yeah, like, Matt well, used to get so frustrated. Strength training is rehab training. You're making yourself stronger to either prevent an injury or recover from an injury. You know, to me, it's the same, same. It's just yeah. different levels of it. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it just used to drive me nuts. I think and, so. and also that's refusing to maybe for them to see like, well, the shit that I'm doing is what's fucked me up. 
Yeah. So maybe uh, I, maybe doing something different is yeah. the goal, rather than just going back to the thing that fucked me up. Yeah. Yeah. Different yeah. story if they're like you know a football player or something like that, and and they want a bit of strength and mobility work to make them fitter and stronger on the football field. But when they tell you that they'd go back to a gym or a different gym, and that's where you know they picked up the injury. Yeah, yeah that's right. We actually have a guy, I think of Steiny, and he plays basketball. He's been with us for quite a long time. He's one of our OGs. But when he walked in our door, he couldn't even bend his knees. So when I did his movement assessment, I was just like, holy shit, what am I going to do with this guy? He's like 20. Young, uh, icing his knees after every basketball game, had been to physios, no answers, no results. And he's just like, I'm clutching at straws, but can you help me? And uh, I just... Ha- I guess I had to get super creative with his programming. But when we reflected back on his journey, he has said that not once did he ever feel like a rehab client. And I'm like, dude, that is awesome. And he's actually, I think I feel like he's up there with another guy as our strongest back squat and probably deadlift in the gym, which is great. But the guy couldn't even bend his knees. Like wow. I couldn't even do a squat test on him. So it was just like, whoa, okay. So he just had super jacked up quads in a nutshell, but uh, yeah. And didn't know how to release him. Yeah, right. But I just love that. Like, not I love his words of like, not once did I ever feel like I was doing a rehab program. I was like, yes, that's what it's about. That's cool. Which is good. Do um, uh, oh, what was my question going to be there? Oh, regarding uh, the ex CrossFitters thing, I find that just an interesting point. We've had a lot of uh, CrossFit people come through the gym over the years. Many who have like, oh, yeah, I've done it for a while, really liked it, sort of feel like maybe there's more to training yep. and then they find a good home here. And then we've had others who are like, yeah, I want to do this for a while because I want the body weight strength or the mobility and then I want to go back to the thing. Yep. And you can often feel like for those folks, they're not getting the intensity that they want because for a lot of them, the reason they like CrossFit is because it's like balls to the wall every day yep. or, you know, most days. Yep. And your gym's not like that our gym's not like that sometimes it is but usually it's not um the you can see that it's like that that people can be frustrated because they're like they want that thing and they're not quite getting it yeah how do you um how do you guys deal with that do you do you sort of continue like do you try and mold their thinking around it trying or are you just like hey Probably don't want to train here. Bit no, of both. Yeah, I think it is a bit of both. Uh, you know, I like this is, I guess, how much um, we talk about like your community influencing ourselves, even in our own the way we look at it or explain our own training methods. And I don't know how long ago it was. There was a podcast you guys recorded, and Tiora says on there, uh, it's like taking an old Datsun out on the racetrack with a bent chassis. And if you go flat out straight away, it's just going to break and bend. And so I still use that reference now because I loved it and people can relate to it. And I just say, we're going to like straighten out your chassis before we go fast. And, uh, and they actually respect that. And we, we give them a bit of a goal and look, we're going to try and aim for this by this time so that they can feel like it's close. And I think too, because yeah. most of our demographic are 35 plus. Yeah. So they'll probably only go on a CrossFit two, maybe three times a week. Right. Whereas they can come to our gym and train they, most of the time five or six days a week. Yeah. So they can see that they can go to the gym every day rather than two or three times a week. Uh, they don't pick up 
the injuries that they were picking up. Uh, they move better. So I think they get value for money out of that. Um, and the others that are just dogged on it, we sort of just let them go. Let them go. Yeah, don't try too hard to bend there. Don't try too hard. Yeah, expectations make sense. Because we're not the gym for everyone. That's cool. No. We've, we've had that a few times. We have, <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. Did you at any point feel like we can't – like I'm guessing you had a bit of a, a vision of what you wanted the space to become. Mm-hmm. Did you at any point have a feeling like oh, we're not going to be able to do it here in this town? Like we need to be in an urban centre? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not, not too A little bad, bit, yeah. Yeah, at times we would get frustrated and go, come on, guys, like just – can't you just get your head around this? It's, it is good for you, you know. Uh, I think it just took time. It just took a little bit longer to get people in the door. We are very referral-based, like to be completely honest. I don't do a lot of Facebook ads or anything like that because I find by referral-based, they know what they're going to get a little bit more. So it's a lot more of a, I guess, they're ready for what we're going to offer. And um, But there was some frustrating times. Absolutely. We did think that this would be the town that we would see how it went and then, you know, if if it went all right here, we'd uh, not move it but maybe set up a second second spot somewhere a bit more populated. Mm. But I don't think we need to. Yeah, would you undertake opening another gym? <laughs> I say, yeah, let's do it. You're keen? <laughs> yeah. He cringes every time I say that. That's like, sure. I could oversee it from afar. Yeah. <laughs> not sure. Yeah, yeah. He wants to ride his motorbike more. You can't do that if you open another gym. Fair. Mm. Like sitting on machinery. Mm. Needs it so <laughs> but more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but way more fun. Way more fun. Where um you got somewhere in mind? Like do you think something like another country town? Or would yeah. you go yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I would. Yeah. After yeah. after how this has went, I think I would because uh it's cool bringing that to the country. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Like we play yeah. country music in the studio. And I think we're probably one of the few gyms. I wouldn't say one of the only ones, but we're one of the. We'd have to be one of the few gyms that has a, like a day of country music. Mm-hmm. Wow! No judgment. Once or twice a week. Oh, I can get around it. We spoke with um, you know, Sean Clarence. He owns U uh, Version Two, which is a, he's been on the show before. He did the Never Rest Challenge. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yep. an amazing guy. But mm. he, he's got a little gym out in Castle Hill. Yeah, here in Sydney, and they do country music Fridays. Yeah, right. And he reckons it's the best training music out there. Ah. Uh, yeah. And he said his members love it. I think Paul tried to do it. He once tries. People like shut that shit off. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't have it on the same day every week though, because we don't want people to avoid those days. <laughs> yeah. So we alternate between Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because they are our more uh, not so higher intensity sessions. So you can get away with it. A bit of yeah. primal movement or kettlebells go pretty good with either country or the it, Black Keys, Jimi Hendrix. There's some closet. Closet country music lovers out there. Okay, Black mm. Keys, Jimi Hendrix. We're stepping into different territory there now. Well, it though, is, right? but yeah, kettlebells either has to be that or country. Right. Yeah, I feel like it just goes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. kettlebells, you're not looking for like techno though or. No, nah, not at all. Gangster rap. you got to get your groove on. Yeah. A bit of gangster rap. Fuck, we put you techno could. or gangster rap with anything. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, tell me what the, the business coaching that you've had over the years, what has been. You know, in summary, like what's been most helpful about that? Because I'm guessing when you have someone that can sort of teach you these skills or show you, maybe shine a light on the things that you're not doing, 
what are, what have been the biggest takeaways of, from that process? There's lots of education, but I think it it comes down to that have, having a coach makes you feel safe. Yeah. So you have someone that if the shit hits a fan, you can go to that person. Especially when we're both in the business, it's not like I can go home and go, oh my God, Matt, how do we fix this? You know, so yeah. we have someone who we can go to to, yeah, do you agree? Yeah, and because he's looking from the outside in, can normally pinpoint a problem, you know, way easier than what we ever can. Yeah. Yes. You know what it's like when you're in it, it's hard to see it. Clearly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's more and emotions attached, I think. Yeah. And because we're both in it, all three of us with the eldest daughter. Yeah. Sometimes it's really blurry. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, so family business for you guys. Yeah. Right. Even our youngest daughter, Nixon, actually, she does some filing and cleaning for us. Right on. She's coming around. She will never be a PT. She'll tell you that. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not about that life. Nah. Uh, kettlebells and animal flow, maybe. But because she's pretty chilled. Yeah. She will, Yeah, she won't do it. If we put a skate park out the back and have yeah. a class that was <laughs> evolved around skateboarding she'd, she'd be in and yeah. skateboarding is going to f- take off after the last olympics yeah i think that's a that's a that's a mad like opportunistic industry yeah 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 she's a dropping queen okay <laughs> she's pretty cool tell yeah. me um last thing i want to ask you guys would be remiss not to um tell me how you've been affected by the floods and what what's going on saying gimpy copped a fucking bit of a downpour mm. yeah biggest flood in over 100 years and uh yeah look our home and gym was high and dry yeah but from our tribe and community perspective there were some people who lost like their business went right under so we're talking kitchens uh we have a um, client who actually runs the kitchen in a hotel and uh his kitchen went completely under like completely submerged yeah completely. yeah and in yeah. that situation like you can't dry shit up like most well, of the shit, of like electronic stuff, is ruined. Is that um, the, some of it? I think saved. so. Yeah, some, like the big industrial fridges and that. I think they can actually dry them out. Right. But I think it just depends on the model, how yeah. old it is, where the water seeped into. But it's uh, like for the first few days, you don't have any power in it, so it's just you can't do a whole lot apart yeah. from clean up and get it out. Yeah, we were cleaning businesses under like head torches with head torches on just to try and clean out the mud and hoses. Like you couldn't even use a gurney unless someone had a generator. And so... Because there's no power. No No power. power. Yeah, so a lot of businesses, um, homes, like we had people that either went through their home or we actually had one young girl who trains with us, her entire family are on a property and their whole property got washed away so they're now living in caravans so it's quite sad oh wow Mm. yeah so but our community is amazing they've just come together and what they've done for businesses locally you know prepping and delivering food uh even without us there over the past few days i have heard back that a group of our members all got together and went and helped out one of our other members clean their house and they're days ahead now with the cleanup. And she runs a business, so she has a massage business, this client. So for her to have a number of our tribe go and actually help clean her house was just amazing to hear that we didn't even have to instigate that. That came from within and they all just did it for each other. That's cool. Yeah, mm. So and it means she can go back to work sooner, which is great. So, yeah. 
Has there been uh, one of the criticisms I'm hearing a lot? And again, it's something that us in the city here are pretty, you know, kind of blind to in a sense. We're a bit oblivious to it because we're kind of like, oh, you, you see it on the news and stuff, but it doesn't actually affect us. Um, has there been a response in Gympie from like emergency services from, you know, from the government? Or has it mostly been down to local community? Local council's been really good. Right. Like they've been awesome. Uh, and all the local fireys, rural fireys. Yeah. Uh, SES. As far as like state government and that, I know the, the Premier rocked up there for a day, but I don't know how much they're actually they're I'm doing. not sure, no. But Swift Water Rescue, like all those guys just did not stop. Like they yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But that was probably out, outside local. of that, like, yeah. You don't see a whole lot. It, it, obviously, it would be happening. Yeah. But it's just not – you don't always see it. And I think in Gympie it's a bit different to what's going on in Northern Rivers because Northern rivers, it, it comes up a bit slower. Yeah, we had more time to prepare. Yeah. Gympie people are very aware that um, – I'm not sure if we were speaking about it the other day, but they're very aware of when the power goes out, at how many metres they lose power. And in how many meters it went to last time, and so on. So they're quite prepared, right? In that they know that. I know we lifted all the toys in Toy World upstairs and got them up, and they knew where the water went to in '99. But they knew if we got another downpour overnight, it would go higher, right? And they were able to go in when that downpour hit and actually raise most of their gear. So they lost a lot less stock because of how much they prepared for it. Whereas, like Matt said, Northern Rivers just, that hit fast and they didn't have a lot of warning. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, right. right. And I, I don't know, I always think, like, it's hard to criticise on the government when we're not in their shoes we don't really know what's going on in the background but from a local perspective local government yeah the local government they were going awesome. hard yeah yeah we got a few of them in the gym and they didn't stop they did like 10 days straight 16 hour days wow yeah, yeah sleeping in the sheds not even going home yeah right yeah so they hooked in yeah it's good they're amazing yeah well hopefully scrum i can get out there and shake some hands <laughs> once he's over covid <laughs> <laughs> so true we talked about that we had um oh. an episode we did with paul west where we just read for fuck we were talking about for people that hadn't seen it that footage of him trying to shake the hands of the rural fire brigade workers oh yeah uh you know during the bushfires and yeah. the guys that were refusing to shake they it and brush him oh fuck it was so heavy yeah, yeah it's brutal oh huh? man it's like there's nothing he, more cringy than that and he sort of just shrugged it off he did pretty well to shrug it but he grabbed the guy so the guy he grabbed, grabbed the guy's hand and it was like a limp hand and <laughs> it was like a little battle rope it was oh, awful no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah you don't hear much from him yeah no, which is unfortunate yeah, there's been a bit of criticism. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm, I, I agree. Though it does strike me as fucking weird that we don't have people that can be deployed nationwide when shit like this goes down. Right. Yeah. You know, we spoke about it the other night. There is, there's the rural fire service, which are volunteer-based. Yeah. Right, yeah. so they don't get paid. Nope. Mm -hmm. And then there's the SES, which are volunteer-based. Yep. There's no, like... I don't know, like, where's like, what what are the army doing? What are, you know what I mean? Like, right. there's you would think in a country like Australia where we get bushfires a lot, we get floods a lot. There's mm. a lot of like natural disasters that can that can happen. It's a huge piece of land. Should there not be a fucking you know brigade of humans who are employed? 
to be able to go and help in these situations. Like a drop-in mm. team. Yeah, fucking I, I remember in 2011. Even if not the military. Yeah, I remember right. in 2011 when Toowoomba flooded. It was slow to get the military in. And Toowoomba's got army bases there. Wow. Mm. You know, yeah, they're, they they're, they're right there. They've got a helicopter base just outside of Toowoomba. And they were still seemed slow. Yeah, right. You know, which is weird. Whether they've got to do a heap of paperwork before they can let them do it, which is probably the case. Yeah. Coming from mining industry, <laughs> paperwork holds everything up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd say I'd say that's probably more what it is. Red tape makes it slow. Well, I hope that you guys are going back today or tomorrow. 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 I hope that the situation is, you know, improved and yeah, I'm glad, glad your gym and your house and everything's okay. I hope your members and stuff are all doing all right. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. pretty resilient. Yeah. Yeah, that's I can tough. imagine. That's Country tough. folk. Yeah. There'd be some big parties coming up. Ah, uh, yes. Well, T, fuck, they're rebuilding roads and they're already talking about the big party that they're yeah. going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone talks about that straight up. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be an epic party when this is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, where can people find your gym? Give me your plug your pluggables. Yeah, sure. So uh, Instagram, at Real Body Movement, is probably the best one. We are on Facebook, The Real Body Movement. In Gympie, if you stumble across the old steam train in town, we have a steam train across the road from us. Cool. Probably one of the only, the only one or the only one of two in Queensland anyway. Okay. So uh, yeah, across from the Merry Valley Rattler, you can go visit the steam train and then come for a workout. The Merry Valley Rattler. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, super cool. It's a, it's a, like it's on display or you can ride it. You can ride it. Okay, very cool. A couple of times a week. Coalfield? Yeah. Fuck. It's awesome. Animals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's where you can find us. Yep. Uh, very cool. It's cool. Thank you guys for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks Cheers, for having man. us. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. It's always good to have you in town. Um, you know, Fee and Matt mentioned, like, we've done a lot of events together. You guys came to the Bali retreat. You've come to our coaches' intensive. We've had a lot to do with each other over the years, and I, I, I value all of that time we get to spend. Uh, we value your influence. And yes education and support it's great legends thanks thank you guys thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed that uh please if you did like the episode share it with a friend pass it on because it helps get the word out there and if you find yourself up in queensland go check out the real body movement we'll catch you next week